Peace and Prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I pray that as I teach today that that precious blood, you will sense the precious of the blood that it won't be casual to you when you speak about it or talk about it but you'll bear the weight of what it carries and the anointing that comes with it and the power and effects when we appropriate it and I'm applying the blood over houses over land over vehicle over children over resources over my body over my mind for it is the blood that atones for your souls not only does it atone but it settles it hides it conceals it sets free your mind I come against tormenting spirits tormenting spirits restless spirits that are clinging to the people of God be free by the power of the blood of Jesus I come against confusion in Jesus name be freed by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus glory to God the blood of Jesus provides the only solution to my greatest problems my greatest problem is eradicated because of the blood of Jesus it is the only solution to your greatest problem it is not a new job it's not a new relationship what we need is the blood of Jesus we were born into a fallen world We were born into a tainted pedigree. Resigned to participate in a degenerate existence with no hope of recovery. A denigrated existence with no hope of recovery. This is how we were born. David said it like this. I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. So we all were born in a fallen world. I don't know why we would go to the world for refuge. The world is not only fallen, it is pining away right before us. No matter what you put your confidence in in the world, you'll see that the confidence that you put in it can't really hold your confidence. The only confidence that you can really, really store your hope in is in Jesus and the shed blood that was released from his vein and arteries. The pain of sin and death because of this fallen world was immediately, it immediately attached itself to our lives. It put us into perpetual motion. A perpetual motion where Death is eating up our very lives. 
There's no way we could break the cycle of death without the blood of Jesus. Even our own will, because of this fallen world and the condition that we're in, that we were born in, our will was separated from God. Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 8, that the flesh wars against the spirit. And so your flesh is constantly battling in this fallen world with the things of God. I preach and you fall asleep. I preach and you're thinking about everything else but what I'm talking about. And we have to shake ourselves every once in a while. We were owned by the greatest foe or enemy of our souls. This foe disseminates deceit. He's constantly spreading deceit, trying to seal up our fate in damnation. He wants to keep us off of the path, constantly on the defense, and never move in Christianity to be offense. That's tearing his kingdom down. We're just trying to survive, trying to get over the issues that we're going through, taking hits, taking hits, taking a few steps back, and just trying to make it. That's why I believe that God wants us to, to become thrivers in the kingdom of God and not just survivors. Can the church say amen? Amen. I've asked God to deliver me from the hold on anointing. Just holding on. I just got to hold on. I don't want to hold on. I want to thrive now. Thank you, God. I'm not holding on till Sunday. Holding on to payday. Holding on and I won't let go of my faith. I believe God wants us to step into the abundance of life. Jesus said, I come not but, Satan comes not but for to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. But I am come that you might have life. Come on, John 10. And life more abundantly. That's more than enough. Without the blood of Jesus, we were doomed. Without the blood of Jesus, there is no hope. Romans chapter 5 and, 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 and verse 8 said, however, God demonstrated his own love. Hallelujah. For me, in that while I was yet a sinner, <laughs> Christ died for the ungodly. Uh, one of our members put out on Facebook uh, a statement that I made to say that there are four things that makes, uh, that hinders the move of the spirit. Irrelevance. Religion, tradition, and I added that uh, um, uh, ignorance. That's ignorance, tradition, religion, and irrelevance. Someone wrote down there, what about sin? <laughs> and sin was always there. That doesn't stop your, that stops your personal move, but God's corporate move, sin can't stop it. He's already dealt with it. If you have an unrepented heart, will stop the move. But if you repent, it doesn't matter what the sin is. God will add some grace to you and you'll keep on moving. And so people like to be religious and that's why people can't even come into church because they think you have to be so holy when you get in here. It doesn't matter. The bathtub doesn't scream when you're dirty. The bathtub isn't intimidated when you get in after working all day, smelling all crazy. The bathtub doesn't do that because the bathtub is designed to make you clean. And God doesn't have a problem. I don't know what happened to my mic, but something happened to it. 
God, like something happened to my mic. Hopefully they're working with it. Uh, <laughs> I got to have it right. Let me tell you all of something. You got to have it right. You got to feel comfortable. I can preach through it. I preached, I was preaching one time in a club. These ladies asked me to come and preach in Cocoa. I didn't know what the address was. When I got there, it was a juke joint. Club, man. They had Coors beer, Corona, Cavassier in the back. So I used the, the counter as my podium, opened up my Bible and said, turn with me, but don't take any pictures. <laughs> they won't believe that I was preaching in the club. <laughs> Can the church say amen? amen? As we continue, this is Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. My one of my favorite scriptures, but God demonstrated his love for us. He demonstrated that's without you showing love. A lot of us think God loved us because we worship him. Now he loved you before you started worshiping. He loved you while we were yet sinners. Get that in your spirit and get rid of religion. He didn't love you because you say amen to him or because you live holy while you were sinners. He loved you. Christ died for the ungodly. Thank you, Lord. And so the blood of Jesus is more powerful than you think. Please write that down. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than you think. Now I'm going to give you a ton of scripture. Write them down. They're going to put it up. And you need to visit these scriptures as soon as you can and as often as you can. Here's my first point. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than you think. Number one, my debt is paid once and for all. Write it down. I'm debt free. I'm going to show you it's through the blood of Jesus. I'm debt free through the blood. This is out of Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28. Hebrews 9 and verse 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time. Here we come. Thank you for helping my mic. Thank you very much. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Remember, my, I'm debt-free. My debt is paid. He's offered once. In other words, he doesn't have to die again. And you don't have to pay for your sin again. He paid for it. Whatever happened, put it behind you. Your debt has been, you're debt-free. And you don't have to pay for anything that happened in your past. Now, you're going to get religious people running their mouth. But I'm here to tell you, if you apply the blood and you really stick with what I'm telling you, there's some things that the enemy can't mess with your mind with. You're not paying for your sins. He did. So cast your cares on him where he cares. Right out of the Bible, Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. He bore it once. It's all over. You're debt free. Can the church say amen? Number two, write it down. I am justified. Because of his blood. This is Romans 5 and 9. We saw 5 and 8. 
He demonstrated his love that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. But the next verse says, much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So through the blood of Jesus, you're justified. You're so clean. It's just like this is how he looks at you when you're under the blood, like you've never did anything wrong in your life. That's how he looks at it. That's how powerful his blood, is, his blood is. And he covered us in his blood. In staff meeting, I think one of the comments in our staff meeting was as we were dealing with this, is that anything contrary to my success is covered under the blood. Glory, hallelujah. Anything contrary to God in my life is covered under the blood if I appropriate the blood. Thank you, God. Anything that's contrary to uh, righteousness or anything contrary or in rebellion with God, let the blood break it in the name of the Lord. Thank you, God. And then number three, here's the third one. Write it down. I am forgiven. Ephesians 1 and 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. We have redemption, not half redemption. We have the full payment. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So this is all based on God's grace, the river that's flowing from the fountain of God. So I am forgiven. Say that I am forgiven. And you need to be able to say that uh, even when the enemy brings up your sin. When you ask for forgiveness... Because of the blood, you need to say, I am forgiven. Amen. You're forgiven for smoking joints. You're forgiven for all kinds of illicit stuff. You're forgiven from stealing. You're forgiven from cheating. You're forgiven from all of the things that's in your past. Let it go. You need to be able to say, I am. I am forgiven. Amen. And we're not going to wait until resurrection day to say it. We're saying it right now. Number four, write it down. I am spared from the wrath of God. I'm spared from the wrath of God. God is not uh, hovering over you with a big hammer, waiting to crush you like a moth. If you appropriate the blood, you won't have to experience the wrath. This is Romans chapter 5 and verse 9 again. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. It's right there in the text. So future wrath, you don't have to, ex to receive. People like to say stuff, God will get you. But if you appropriate the blood, wrath won't get you. And you need to know that when God look at you, he don't see you anyway. He see that blood stain. When he see the blood stain, he, calls, he passes over that. Glory to God. You're hidden under the blood of Jesus. And he's not angry with you. So if you could draw a picture of God's face, it's a loving face, not an angry face. I remember uh, hearing messages about being hell scared and, and preachers preaching about hell. You're going to die and go to hell and people rushing to the altar because they don't want to go to hell. But that's really not God's plan It's for you to come to him because you're afraid of hell. He wants you to come to him because you love him because he first loved you. Amen. No one should get married because they're afraid of being alone. You get married because of love. Thank you, God. If a man tells you, if you don't marry me, you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. You don't get married because of that. You get married because you fall in love. Tell him to get lost. Get lost. 
Don't let a woman back you into marriage. She get married because of love, period. Not even because of children. You get married because of love. Look at number five. I love this one. I'm being spiritually healed one day at a time. Even my flesh will be replaced with an incorruptible body because of the blood. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. One day even my flesh will be replaced with an incorruptible body who himself bore our sins. Hallelujah. In his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Here Peter says the healing is already done. In other words, you're not, Isaiah 53 says you will be healed and whose stripes you are healed. But here Peter says you were healed. And so even those things should be in past tense. It's already done. Say it's already done. I'm being spiritually healed. It's already complete in Christ when I appropriate the blood. Thank you, Jesus. We need to start thinking that way. I was looking at the fig tree and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You know the fig tree Jesus passed by. The scripture says he wanted figs, but it didn't bear fruit. And the scripture said he did what to the tree? He cursed it. He spoke the end result. You will not bring forth fruit anymore. And the Lord just opened that up to me. That the unproductive fig tree will not bring forth any fruit any longer. And for me to pronounce to fruitlessness, that fruitlessness will not bear fruit any longer. I want you to hear that. That fruitlessness bears fruit. But it will not in your life bear fruit any longer. The fruit of fruitfulness, fruitlessness Brings forth fruit, apathy, depression, glory to God, self-centeredness, sorrow, and some of us are still eating the fruit, the seeds of the fruit bearing that comes from a fruitless tree. A life that's before Jesus, glory to God, but it stops today, we're appropriating the blood of Jesus on that. And you're not going to sit there and desire fruit from a fruitless tree. Glory to God. That's why God has a way of cutting it off. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Are we at number six? Write it down. I'm spiritually alive, effervescent. I'm spiritually alive. I have a sprightly walk. I'm vivacious as I move forward. This is John 6 and 33, 53, I'm sorry. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. But if you eat the flesh, if you commune with him and drink his blood, life is in you. And so I'm spiritually alive because I eat the flesh and drink the blood. When we go back to the book of Exodus 
on the night in which the Israelites were delivered from Egypt, the scripture says that God told Moses to have families to kill a lamb without blemish and to take the blood using a hyssop branch, a hyssop branch, dip in the blood with the hyssop branch and place the, the blood over the doorpost and the lintel. That everything going through that doorpost and the lintel would be covered. And he says, I'm coming through the land. Glory to God. But when I see the blood, I will pass over. And a lot of us thank God for what he's, what he's, what, what is passing over us. The danger that's passing over us. But the Lord just began to highlight to me, we need to give him thanks for what's on the inside. And what's on the inside is that lamb roasted. He said, I want you to eat it all. I, I don't want anything left. Hallelujah. That lamb roasted represents the word made flesh to us that we devour on a daily basis. And if you eat it on a daily basis, if you eat daily bread, you will be strengthened to go through life's journey without lack, without lacking stamina and focus. Thank you, God. One of the things blood is designed to do is to nourish organs to nourish organs and your entire body every cell but it also carries out waste at the same time another thing that we shared in our staff meeting how can blood nourish every cell and every organ and carry out waste and still remain pure glory to god Thank you, Jesus. It's happening in your own body, and it's happen it happened for the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter how thick the waste is in the body. He carries it out, glory to God. You are cleansed through the blood of Jesus. You got to understand, even put the sign in your own body. Hallelujah. Because it is the blood that nourishes, and at the same time, it rids your body of waste. Glory to God. It's happening every time your heart beats. Mm, 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 mm. That blood is working in you. Hallelujah. And the blood of Jesus is working in our society. Amen. Corona comes to the blood of Jesus and screams. Ah! Death angel, you can't go so, but for so far. When they appropriate the blood, you have to stop in your tracks. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And I just thank God. Watch what I tell you. God is going to work through this virus. Hallelujah. Watch the people of God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're not afraid to go to the magic game. Don't be afraid to come to the church. Thank you, God. We don't walk, walk in fear, torments. That's not how we move. We walk in faith. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Number seven. Are we on number seven? Write it down. My judgment has been satisfied and I am at the peace, at peace with God through the blood of Jesus. My judgment has been satisfied. A lot of people are worrying about what's going to happen to me when I die. You just need the blood of Jesus. You don't have to worry about that. The judgment has been satisfied. If you appropriate the blood. Now, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what? Keep my commandments. So don't get it twisted. This is not a little just God forgive me and you do whatever you want to do. If you really love him, you start following him. My judgment has been satisfied and I'm at peace with God. Now this, uh, to me, I can talk about this for six months. I'm at peace with God. And this is why if you're going to be really effective in the kingdom, uh, a lot of us, especially in the African-American church, were, were preached to a lot when we first got saved. I mean, hard preaching. We shouting and going on. But we have very little understanding of doctrine. 
And if you lay the proper foundation, even if you're playing music, stop trying to play every song. Learn the foundation. What are the keys? C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. You know, you got to know the keys, then the sharps, the majors and the minors. And then you got to learn all of the chords. And once you got the foundation, once the foundation is there, da 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 da, da and you're doing that on a regular basis in every key going up and down, 52 different ones every week, practicing until you got it down, then you can start learning how to play Kurt Franklin. Once you lay the proper foundation, you can play anything. It'll come almost natural. Whoa, that's a, oh, 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 Beethoven up in the house of God. But if you want it easy, oh, I can play, I can play, and don't really learn the foundation, you'll be limited as you start climbing the ladder. It's the same thing with preaching. Do you know doctrine? Learn the doctrine of the faith. Glory to God. The doctrine of God, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the blood. Once you know the doctrine, there can, there's at least 52 of them. Now you can start preaching on mankind and preaching on this and developing your philosophy of ministry. But if you don't know that, you're developing a philosophy without the doctrine, they may not coincide. Thank you, Jesus. And so when you understand that judgment has been satisfied and you're at peace with God, that's the doctrine. Now you preach the truth to God's people. Instead of God going to get you, God going to get you, God going to get you. Well, if you appropriate the blood, he stops. He, he, he stops. There's a, a man in the Bible, God says, told the prophet to go to him and tell him, today, put your house in order, you shall surely die. He turned his face to the wall. God, I need you to give me. And before the prophet got out of the courtyard, he changed his mind. Go back and tell him I'm adding 15 more years. But we don't like to preach that part of God. Just the fact that he's going to get you and he's going to kill you. And what happens is people get locked up and they're just serving God because they're angry. And God doesn't, or you're afraid and he doesn't move like that. I don't want any one of my children walking in the house. Can I get some water, please? 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 I don't want you mad at me, daddy. I want them to walk boldly. Daddy, I need some water. Can I get some water? You sure, baby. What's your last name? Your last name, Clark, you can get as much as you want. <laughs> now, your friends, they better ask. <laughs> they don't walk in this house doing anything they want. That's your privilege, not everybody's. See, and when you're a child, a citizen of the kingdom, of the king, you should be able to move boldly now. He sanctified me. He helped me. He delivered me from myself. You'll do more damage to your own mind than anything the devil can do. Oh, God, help me. This is out of Isaiah. I love it. Chapter 53 and verse 5. But he was wounded for my, our transgressions. He was bruised for my, our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace. In other words, I should have had the same bludgeon on my back, but he took it. It was the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes. His blood shed. We are healed. You don't have to pay for that. He did it. And you got to start saying it. Jesus took care of that for me. And it'll help you in your worship. Even when you feel some kind of way, it'll make you slip your hand up and say, thank you, Lord. I got some pretty dark stains that only the blood can cover. 
this dye, that red dye, we talked about it in the staff meeting, it's hard to get rid of it, even if you try to remove it. Years later, they can spray some type of chemical on it, and you'll see it on the walls. You spill blood, pow, shoot somebody. Years later, they can paint over it. They put a chemical up there, you can see it, the pattern on the walls, because that's how he made it. It's always screaming. And the blood of Jesus is screaming. I cleansed them. I took care of it for them. They don't have to pay for it, even though Satan is constantly flagging our sins up before God. But what Jesus said, I took care of it for. You put your faith in the blood. We put our faith in faith. Oh, I got to have more faith because I need cause. No, put your faith in God. Faith needs an object to work. And you don't put faith in faith. You put faith in the object of faith, which is God. And we're expanding that. Put your faith in the blood that was shed for you. Glory, hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's look at number eight. This is out of the book of Joel, chapter 3 and verse 21. The bloodstream of his people, Israel, will be purged. Now, when I look at this passage, I'm looking at scriptures tied to the blood. Look what he says. For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed. For the Lord dwells in Zion. In other words, because I chose you. Even though you didn't do well, you didn't do right, you fail. But I'm even going to cleanse your blood. The blood of whom I have not cleansed. In other words, you didn't repent, you didn't do what was right, but I'm still going to work some things out. For in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Same, same book, same prophet. But look at this. I've never preached from this. I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed. In other words, there's a redemption coming to the people of God. I'm talking about to the Jewish nation. You also need to read Romans chapter 9 and Romans chapter 11. Thank you, God. And their forsaking has caused the Gentiles to come into covenant with the Lord. How much more their redemption? Glory to God. Let me just help you with some stuff as well. When Jesus died, the scripture says he went into the grave, but he didn't just stay there laying there. The scripture says he went into hell. And he preached to those people for three days. And when he ascended out of the dungeons, he had them locked in his train. And I believe he cleansed their blood. Thank you, Jesus. That's why we need to read the scriptures to start seeing how powerful he is. There's no one on the face of the earth as powerful as Jesus. He went into hell, but when he ascended out of it, he led captivity captive. He ascended with them locked in his train. That's what you need to see. If you could see uh, the depths uh, or, or, or you could see into the earth, you would have seen a light coming up out of the center of this earth, pulling souls out of hell. That's what Jesus did, and all because of the blood. The blood is efficacious. It saved then, it's saving now, and it's going to save in the future. It's so powerful, it goes retrograde. It deals with where we are right now, and it's even seeping into our future. That's how powerful the blood. God was so satisfied, he allowed the blood to saturate the heavenlies. And he purified even the things that you see. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Y'all still with me? Yes. 
Let's go deeper. I'm cleansed through the blood. Number 10, are we on number 10? Number nine, I am cleansed through the blood of Jesus. I'm cleansed. That's 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. Good Bible study. I am cleansed through the blood of Jesus. And when you start hearing people making statements like this, you should be able to help them. This is why you need the blood of Jesus. Do you love him? Appropriate the blood. Get saved. Let God touch your life so you can be free from this stuff. I'm cleansed. This is 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, this is right here in the Bible. It's right there, and God wants you to ingest it. Eat the flesh of the lamb. I like this. If we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And this is why fellowship is so hard in the local church, because everybody's not walking in the light with Jesus. When you start walking with Jesus, we're all in the light. Then we can have fellowship with one another. But if you're not walking in the light, the first thing you see is the darkness in everybody else. You start walking in the fellowship with Jesus, in the light of the fellowship with Jesus, then you can have fellowship with everybody else. And if you're walking with Jesus, you can't isolate yourself. He requires us to come together in partnership, in fellowship. Notice the scripture. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And so that's why a lot of people can't walk with me because I'm trying to walk with Jesus. So if you want to walk with me, let us walk with Jesus together. Then we can walk together. Instead of trying to identify with you and identify with you and identify with you, but still coming to church to identify with Jesus. Let all of us walk with Jesus. Then we can have fellowship with one another. Do y'all understand that? And it happens through the blood who cleanses all of your sins. And when you walk in the light of his counsel, you're not constantly with a magnifying glass trying to find flaws in people. You realize, but such were some of you. That means all of us need to call on the name of the Lord. My God. Glory to God. All of us need to call on the holy name of Jesus. I'm only cleansed through the blood. Not because of me anything I've done but I can put my confidence in him after Sunday service I went in my office several people came in weeping because they got a revelation of the blood covering and the Holy Spirit fell on me to repent that I have not exercised the blood if the blood is this towel then I need to preach under it I'm covered under the blood of Jesus not covered under the anointing the anointing has power because of the blood. Again, lay the proper foundation. It is the blood that flows. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. And because I stand in the blood and I'm covered under the blood, the anointing saturates my life. That's why I can't talk about charisma or who I am. I have to give him praise. And give him glory because I'm walking in the light of his counsel. I'm walking in the blood of Jesus. Thank you, God. Number 10. This is out of Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. I'm packing you up tonight. Eat this flesh. Flesh of my flesh. Thank you, Jesus. I have the power to overcome the enemy. Revelation 12 and 11. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. 
by the word of, their, the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. That whole passage right there is totally thrown out when we quote the scriptures. We only say, overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the, look, but now we're martyrs. They did not love their lives unto death. In other words, you can get so caught up with Jesus, it's not about you anymore. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. In other words, in the natural, you couldn't see him. And we're supposed to walk with God in such a way that when people look at us, they don't see us. It's like Jesus is walking here. Wow, man. There's something unique about that person. I can't see who they used to be. You walk with him until you are not. Until you are not. You love not your life. It's not about, well, they don't say that to me. Don't you ever say that to me. I'm dead. I'm a martyr. Hallelujah. It's not about how you can pull me. I'm here for the purpose of God. I'm totally covered in the blood of Jesus. Glory. Way too much flesh in us, man. Somebody say something to us. We Christians are almost about to cut somebody out at Walmart. Don't you ever say that to me. We're supposed to walk with God in a way where we're not operating like that. The peace covers us. I have what you not. You got, you got, you got what I want. No, I got what you need. Man, I'm covered under the blood. I'm sanctified by the power of God. All that stuff you're going through, man, you got a bad day. You had a bad day? Yeah, look at you. You need to come under the blood too. You crazy. Going off on people, losing your mind. That's not how that works. Living like that every week. No. And the peace of God, which passeth understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. It passes understanding. You could be so peaceful, people can't understand how you deal with stuff. I'm not saying we don't go through moments where we have to rise up, but you don't live like that every week. Every day on the edge. That's not that life that he wants us to have. Get under the blood of Jesus. We're at number 11. This is out of Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. I'm no longer under the curse of the law. You're no longer under the curse of the law. The Hebrew writer says almost all things are purified. Almost all things under the law are purified by blood. But he says almost all things, which means the law was imperfect to cure your sin nature. You needed a greater sacrifice than the law of Moses. Look at Galatians 3 and 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Now the Romans introduced the cross. That did not come from Israel. Israel, capital punishment was always done through stoning. But the Romans brought in the cross. Yet Isaiah prophesied about a death on a tree. And then Daniel saw a giant figure with, with um, clay and iron mixed together. We believe that the image that Daniel saw was of the nations that would rise up. The Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, Alexander the Great, the, the Great Leopard. 
who covered much territory very quick. Glory to God. The Romans brought in the iron and the rose. And this clay image had in it iron. But then there was a rock that was hewed out that had rolled down the hill and hit the image and destroyed it. And then that rock filled the land. Who is the rock? I don't know why you won't get with him. Every other kingdom is going to fall. And his kingdom is going to rise up. If you get with Jesus, you got the best. If you get with Jesus, you got the best. Why settle for the less when you can have the best? <laughs> Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Sin, sickness, and disease. That's what the law brought on us. Look at this, having become a curse for us. Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. As Moses, Jesus said, this is John chapter 3. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up on the tree. And I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I'll say, why in the world would Jesus associate himself with the serpent of brass that Moses lifted up on that pole in the wilderness in the book of Numbers? Fiery serpents biting the children of Israel. They murmured and complained. Here comes the fiery serpents. They were, they were dying by the thousands. God told Moses, I want you to take a serpent of brass, craft it real quick, and lift it up. Just hold it up like this. And anyone that looks to it by faith, I'll save them from the venom that's in their body. Then Jesus picks it up and says in John chapter 3, as, the son, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must I be lifted up. And he associates himself with that serpent of brass. Even now, when you look at medical science and look at the emblem for healing, you'll see a serpent on some type of stick or pole. Glory to God. I was preaching this one time. The girl said, that came from the Greeks. I said, the Greeks stole it from Moses. Greek mythology saw Moses talking about a God. So they came up with many gods. Why are you reading these philosophists? God is the first. He's the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. Can somebody say amen? amen. We're not copying anybody. We're not copying Islam. Islam came after Christianity. You need to know that. Jehovah's Witness came after Christianity. Muslims, uh, Mormons came after Christianity. When you got Jesus, you got the best. Thank you, God. Why are you running after these religions? They all came after Jesus died on the cross. The only religion that was here before that is what that's standing today is Judaism. Glory to God. Had many religions, but once God erected himself, the one, the three major ones in the world today is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And Christianity is older than Islam. So why are you running to these inferior things when you got the best? Thank you, God. And that's why you lay the proper foundation, you preach truth. Get the truth, and everything else becomes a lie. And if they teach you how to find counterfeit money, they don't show you, they don't show you counterfeit money. They show you the dollar bill and make you study it. 
You study it so much that any counterfeit, you say, that's not real because I know what the real thing looks like. And that's what you need to do with God. Learn the word and everything else. Ah, that's not right. That's, that don't even fit. It doesn't make sense. Thank you, Jesus. Don't get weary. We, every once in a while, we need a Bible class. Number 12. This is going to be good. I've been reclaimed from the enemy. I've been reclaimed from the enemy. Ephesians 1 and 7. In him we have redemption. Through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I have been reclaimed. I have redemption through his blood. I've been reclaimed from the enemy. Which means I told you we were born in a world that has fallen. And the enemy had a license for your life. But because of redemption through his blood. He has reclaimed you. He has graced us with the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace in Christ. Ah, thank you, God. Someone told me that they feel led to read the book of Ephesians, and I begin to rejoice because Ephesians, the entire book, really speaks of the triumphant church. If you want to know where the church is going, it is the triumphant church. That's what you need to see. And it's going to each chapter is going to tie you to the triumphant one. And his name is Jesus. You want to be victorious? You need to know that book. Every chapter is going to tie you back to his plan. Through the blood, we're no longer strangers. We're no longer strangers or vagabonds. You don't feel like you fit in? That means you need more of an understanding of the blood of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. You're not a stranger to the covenant of promise. That at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope. This is where you were and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't feel like I fit in. Well, that means you don't know what the blood, the blood is supposed to bring you into covenant and into a family relationship with God. You're never alone when you have the blood of Jesus. You may see it, or it may sense, you may sense it, or you may feel like it, but in your faith, you need to know that you're a part of a family. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I like this. Some of us were strangers. And you could be in a crowd and still feel like you're a stranger. You could be in a group of people and feel like you're all alone, but you need to read this. Don't let that dictate to you who you are. Don't allow loneliness to become your preacher and the voice that speaks to you about what you need to do to fix it. Because you're not alone. Come on, Michael. You are not alone. I am here with you. Though we're far apart, you're always in my heart. Man, I miss that man. Number 14. 13. I thought we we're no longer strangers. 13. Number 12, you've been reclaimed, right? Number 11, I'm no longer under the curse. Am I right? So where are we at now? 
13, I am no longer a stranger. 14, the f- this is good. The fi- write it down. The final act of public punishment has been made on my behalf. The final act of public punishment has been made on my behalf. This is Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Chapter 11 and verse 44 says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. But chapter 17 and verse 11 reads like this, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for your souls or for your life. So the public act of public punishment has been made on my behalf. In other words, in the Old Testament, they took bulls and goats and calves, would kill them, and God said, I, needed, I need the best of the animal, which is the blood. And the best of you is your blood. It is not your fineness. It's not your skin tone. It's not your height. It's not your muscles. It's your blood. And it's one of the greatest gifts you can ever do is to give blood to someone else, to give life to them. Because the life of your body is in your blood. That's how God designed it. Guess what? Everybody's is red. If it comes out green, run. Ow. Because every human being has red blood. Most mammals have red blood. But that human being, A, B, C, O, positive, right? A's and B's. Is there a C? A, B, and O, o positive, right? A, B, A, B, and O, okay. So you're in that realm, right? They say if you're old blood type, you need to eat a lot of protein. It'll help you to work more efficiently. So know your blood type. Know what kind of person you are. But let me just tell you that God required the life, but when Jesus died, he didn't require those systems anymore. I hear people are constantly going back to Jewish rabbis wanting to learn about the Torah and learn about what happened in the Old Testament, and we got to get back to that, and they don't even understand it was never designed for righteousness' sake. It was only to show you that you're incapable of living for God without a Savior. I don't need to sit down with a Jewish rabbi telling me what Moses meant and what the, what the Hebrew meant and all of that when I know who Jesus is. I fast forward to Jesus and he takes me all the way back and teach me what Moses was trying to say. Because he told me if as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. And I, if I be lifted, I never wanted a serpent to be lifted up, but I'm becoming a curse for them. I'm becoming the curse. Good God from Zion. I am the curse on their behalf. That's what you need to see. Not trying to find out what the Hebrew word was for the pole and trying to find out what those Jewish people are saying. No, Jesus interprets the Old Testament for me. And once I got Jesus, for God loved the world, that he gave us Jesus. Get with Jesus and you see God. Well, I'm preaching, don't get mad. Chapter 15, I'm talking about number 15, and I'll close with this one. Because I got 15 more. But I'll close with this one. 
Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. I'm overloading you with scriptures of the blood so you can start getting your head together and stop feeling alone. Say, I am not alone. God is here with me. Though we're far apart, he's always in my heart. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. Write it down. I have been moved from the enemy's kingdom into the kingdom of God. Colossians 2 and 15, having disarmed the principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This is the, Paul is talking to the church at Colossae, and he's letting them know that you don't have to go and observe days and festivals to find God. You find God when you find Jesus. And because he shed his blood, he has disarmed the principalities and the powers of that be and made a public spectacle of them. Glory to God, triumphing over them in it, in the shedding of his blood. Thank you, Lord. Now, when I begin to read that, if you read chapter 2, you'll hear him says, so don't, don't let no one tell you, touch not, taste not, handle not. That's what, he's, that's what he says in that same chapter. In other words, I can't work at Winn-Dixie because they got me stacking beer. And the scripture said, touch not, taste not, and handle not. So I can't touch it. No, you stack what you need to stack. Just don't drink it. It's not what goes into the man that defiles him. It's what comes out of you. And what beer does is make what's inside of you come out. And that's when you're polluted. So stay away from it. My wine is a marker. Strong drink is raging. And he that is deceived thereby is not wise. But nobody has been polluted by what goes in them. It's what goes in you that makes what's inside of you come out. And that's what alcohol does. And that's why he says put it down. Because you're polluted. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in the heart, in abundance, will come out of your mouth. That's why you got to clear the heart. Because alcohol will make what's in it come out. You be going one way, you start drinking like that, you start looking crazy. Yeah, yeah, I need to go. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Ooh, people change when they get that in. That's why it's called liquid courage. Liquid courage. You don't have any courage until you take that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it was in you anyway. Thank you, Lord. Be careful. Can the church say amen? amen? He translated you from the kingdom of darkness into a brand new kingdom. And that kingdom is with his son. Did it all through the blood. You're not in the kingdom of darkness anymore. He translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. And I walk with him until we can't see that old you anymore. Until you are not. Thank you, Lord. You start handling things differently. You become the game changer in the room. You start speaking the words of life. People start getting with God's plan. Thank you, God. The Lord spoke to me at the top of the year and said, I'm taking you into a season where you will decree a thing and it will be established. I want you to move with boldness, start decreeing a thing and watch me bring it into order, into existence. Yes, Lord. Now I'm careful with that because I need to say what he's saying. I need to stand sodden, feet sodden, 
with the blood of Jesus all in my toes when I decree a thing. There's a river that flows from the fountain of God. Hallelujah. It heals everything along the way. I've tasted and I know that for every broken heart, there's healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. There's healing for you. There's healing for me. It's already done. Say that it's already done. I'm looking at scriptures about the blood and it's taking me through the Bible. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Look at the trail. Look at the trail in the scriptures. Leviticus is so bloody, but all of that was a metaphor of Jesus. He's the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Not just before you get saved. He's the way after you get saved. He's the way and the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father or remains with the Father but through him. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. You must abide in the vine. You don't lose Jesus after you get saved and you don't need him anymore. You cling to him. We like to sing that song, cling to the old rugged cross, but you need to cling to the man of the cross. The salvation is not in the cross, it's in the blood. Y'all understand? Life is in the blood. But that cross represents his death. But you cling to the one now who's resurrected. Who shed his blood for you. Can the church say amen? amen? Let me pray with you. Let me pray with you. I don't know what is, what's going on. But I feel so much power in this room. And in my own body right now. Like I could run a marathon. And I know I can't. But I'm talking about how, the, how my spirit feels. It's energized. And I just communicate that to you, that God is going to infuse you with more strength. But the strength comes through the knowledge of his blood that was shared from you, for you. I won't trust prophecy from now on if the person don't understand the power of the blood. In some kind of way, tie us to the finished work of Jesus. I can't trust it. I can't trust it. I can't trust the message where the feet aren't sodden in the precious blood of Jesus. There must be redemption, and we need to herald it. What brings me before you is my connection with the cross in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you and I bless you for this time. I give you praise for what you're doing in this church and with your people. I thank you for the families that are coming aboard and for the people, Lord God, uh, in the world that are watching, that are connecting all around the world every week, every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Sunday morning and Sunday mid uh, uh, later service. And I thank you, Lord, that those people that are watching and connecting are being sanctified by the blood of Jesus. We're being equipped, Father, translated into a new kingdom. And I would ask that you would touch your people even now as we begin to plead the blood and begin to speak more about it from a theological perspective. Many of us have pleaded the fifth. We've remained silent, God. And many of us have pleaded our own case and our own self-righteousness. But today we plead the blood of Jesus. 
And God, on, on our behalf, let the blood speak. Let the voice of the blood speak in the name of Jesus, in the heavenly throne. God, even now, Jesus, as you make atonement for the people of God in intercession for us. Thank you, God, that you're always taking Father back to the blood that's shed. And Father, I pray that your people will begin to gain more knowledge through these passages about the power of the blood and the effectiveness that we all can enjoy when we appropriate the blood. So we place the blood over our families and over every child. We place the blood over our relationships. We put the blood, hallelujah, blot out our transgressions. We put the blood over our business deals and our investments. Cover the church with your blood even the more. Cover ministers and ministry leaders. Cover the spokes of the wheel in the middle of the wheel with the blood of Jesus. Don't let the tire of the ministry, Lord, wear out because the blood is not preserving it. Father, I thank you that burnout is not our portion in the name of the Lord. That you're constantly infueling us and giving us an unction as you give us an inheritance among them which are sanctified, even by your blood. I thank you that the enemy and every tormenting spirit has to flee from the people of God. Thank you, God, that fear would not dictate how we function or flow. We stand, hallelujah, in the knowledge of your word. Now, God, let this church become a beacon of light in this community and let those people that are walking in darkness understand and know that there's power in the blood of Jesus. And God, I give you praise and I give you thanks for what you're doing in this church and in the church at large around the world. I bless you in the name of Jesus for covering everything, hallelujah, seen and unseen with your blood. Now heal in the name of Jesus. Deliver in the name of Jesus. Set free in the name of Jesus. Join us together in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Help us to bind together in love. Even now in the name of Jesus and God, we will give you the praise, hallelujah, and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God the praise. Let's give him the praise. Hallelujah. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.